This is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich from sports betting. To repeat, we are not going to get you rich. There are balls abound all over the internet who will be happy to take your money to chase that lie. Here, at best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better if you're lucky. Bet at your own risk. Don't bet more than you can afford to lose. And Godspeed. Welcome to the Jay and Silent Rob podcast coming at you live Thursday, September the 3rd. What time zone are we doing, Jay Swa? That's the important one. You said Eastern. East Coast, baby. 334 on the East here. Who the hell cares about the rest of them? How are we doing, Rob? Good to hear from you. Doing great, man. Doing great. Head into a holiday weekend. Feeling hot to trot. Love that. Yes, holiday weekend. This is a big weekend for all us NFL lovers out there. Fantasy football drafts, if you haven't had them already, they're most likely happening this weekend. Uh, last episode we did, it was kind of all fantasy related. Um, not all of Rob's preferred, uh, preferred fantasies, but uh, fantasy football wise. So go back and listen to that if you haven't. Uh, we went over kind of the biggest things, just how to prepare for a draft and really not how to how to not lose it, your draft. Uh, and I think the biggest things I would take away is make sure you mock, make sure you do your research, understand the rules of your league and, um, you know, just be patient and use those tiers, uh, on my Twitter page, I'll have all the tiers and my rankings posted. Um, and I'll have blog posts for all that. So check out the Twitter, uh, check out the blog posts on, on the website and, um, you know, you, you won't lose your fantasy football draft. I can't guarantee you that you'll win it, but you won't lose it. And that's step one and having a, um, you know, a productive year in fantasy um anything kind of tickle your fancy in sports before we get into our nfl betting preview this uh, episode rob anything you saw basketball wise um you know hockey anything yeah i've been watching a lot of baseball a lot of basketball nba playoffs so so much fun um chris paul losing feels like a bittersweet thing when we get into like his legacy and what he's all about but um the end of that uh, Rockets Thunder game last night was good television. Put it that way. Yeah, I have a buddy who um, had a series futures bet, both plus money, so more than doubling your money for both bets he had on the Jazz, who I believe were up were up three one in the series, mm-hmm. and on the Thunder. Mm. Yeah. So thoughts and prayers out to him. Uh, good dude. Uh, you will be missed. Uh, but yeah, it, it has been fun to watch that from afar. I'm, you know, I don't really have much to say other than, um, you know, it has been fun, uh, you know, watching that from afar. Um, just remember those things, shoot uh, three point shooting variants, especially with the Rockets Lakers series. Um, the Rockets are kind of at like their lowest value point right now, right? They, they almost were eliminated. Um, just the way they play is so random. So just remember that they might steal a couple games with the Lakers. You get the right price. Um, you know, that they might be worth something, but I, I just don't watch the NBA enough to, to really have strong conviction. Uh, as far as baseball, like the AL, AL playoffs are pretty much set, I think one through eight seeds. So it's like pretty much the season could end now for the, the American league. And they're just going to do another short season for the playoffs here in, in about a month. Um, so that, that's kind of interesting. The NL is, is way more competitive, uh, but it'll, it'll be fun in about a month or so to, to hit the restart button with that. Uh, NHL, I have an Islanders bet where 
they've beaten the Flyers three times, and I think like combined the scores are like ten to two, where the Flyers have won two overtime games. So like of course the Flyers will probably come back and just win the whole series because random uh, randomness is a slut sometimes. Um, but other than that, we're just going to be all NFL starting next week. We're going to do previews for the games. Um, that's just because that's that's where my you know expertise quote unquote is. Um, you know, if there's something that comes up baseball or basketball wise, where I think is, is worth noting, I'll tweet about it, you know, I'll bring it up here, but, uh, I kind of want to provide value to, to the listeners and, uh, that that's mostly in the NFL, uh, especially in the futures, which we're going to talk about mostly today and just previewing the teams and the divisions and my thoughts. Um, I don't have all the answers. I have some, but, uh, we're going to do a fun little technical analysis. We're just going to look at prices and then I'm just going to give kind of the narrative based on what I think about certain teams, how to think about uh, what's going on. And then you'll be able to digest that. And then three weeks from now, once, uh, we learn way more about these teams, uh, you can just forget it all because honestly, with no preseason games, with no training camp, like access, it's, it's a whole bunch of book of secrets. Uh, so we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, try to fill in the blanks that we can. And then, you know, three weeks from now, we're going to have so much more information. So, um, you know, half of what you probably hear won't be right. Uh, but it at least hopefully gets you thinking down the right path. Uh, is there anything you want to say before we get uh, into this technical analysis here, Rob? We should recap uh, after the season is over your very first impressions of the season and look back and be like, why did this work? Why didn't it work? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And actually, when I, I tweet out um, all my stuff for this year in terms of picks, things I'm thinking, the, the show notes – uh, I, I will retweet last year's. I, I had a pretty successful uh, preseason last year. I am not putting the type of money down that I did last year just because of all the uncertainty. I think the time to capitalize will be like week two, week three, when we get a little bit more pieces to the puzzle, but we're going to have a little bit of a quicker um, trigger finger just because you know we have certain leans preseason. Uh, but yeah, that's a great point, Rob. There, there will be some awful takes, but there will be some beautiful takes too. I, I, uh, I promise you with that. So um, what we're going to do today is, is what's called technical analysis in the biz. Um, I had to clarify with Rob because he obviously is the, the financial guy around these parts. But uh, So what that means is really we're just looking at the teams via their prices in the marketplace. And it's going to be a, a fun exercise. What we're going to do is we're going to look at what the prices were for each team to win their division. So you know, if you're, you're not super into, into football, uh, there's four divisions per conference, four teams per division. Uh, so it's really a, a good way to see how teams are and measure them versus each other. And what all I'm going to do is is share the prices for all four teams, what they were on April 14th, so that was a week before the draft, and what they are today, September 3rd. And just so we can see how they've changed, the implied percentage has changed. And I just want to see what Rob's, you know, sees about that just by looking at the numbers. Rob doesn't know the backup quarterback for you know for the Giants. He doesn't he doesn't have this. Um, you know, expert, uh, analysis of, of the teams. Right. But just from him understanding, you know, how markets work, uh, I just want to see what catches his eye and then see if I have a narrative that, that could fill in some of those blanks. Uh, does it sound fun, Rob? Sounds fun to me. All right, let's go ahead and get started with the NFC East. I'm going to read the prices out. So the four teams we have, we have the Philadelphia Eagles who, um, on April 14th were an, Price just about even to win the division. So the implied percentage at 50%. So they're 50% to win the division. The Cowboys were 46% to win the division. The Giants were 9.4% to win the division. And the Redskins 
were five. Excuse me, the that's they were the Redskins in in April. Uh, they were five percent uh, on April fourteenth. So once again, the Eagles were fifty percent. Cowboys forty six. Giants nine uh, nine and a half, and the Redskins five percent. Now September third, we have the Cowboys at fifty seven percent. The Eagles at forty three percent. The Giants at five point two percent, and the Washington football team at three percent. What jumps out to you, Rob? What stands out? What do you see? What do you wonder? Um, so the top two are clearly defined. So it kind of makes me think of the tiers thing from fantasy. And then, like, it's interesting that the the bottom two got even just, you know, even less likely for this to happen. Um, so maybe maybe a something about a lack of parity based on, I don't know, whatever's happening. And then obviously the Cowboys jumping, Cowboys and Eagles flip-flopped. Since yes. April, whatever news has happened has been bad for the Eagles and good for the Cowboys. Excellent. So uh, like Rob told us, the two worst teams, so the Giants and the, and the Redskins, have their odds have gotten longer. So um, they had an implied percentage of, of just under the Giants had just under a 10% chance to win the division in terms of April. Now, September 3rd, they're given a 5% chance. The Redskins, um, they were 18 to 1 to win. So that's about an implied percentage of 5% in April. Now they're 30 to 1. They're, they're just over a 3% chance. So the worst teams have gotten, gotten further away. So this is kind of a two horse race. And one team has really moved ahead of the other, and that's the Cowboys. And why I think this is important is because this is what the market is telling us. This, you know, and I lived in Vegas for for just under a year, and the biggest improvement I realized I needed to make was just take what the market is giving you. So this is telling you that the, that money is been put bet on the Cowboys uh, throughout the off season on the Cowboys way more than on the Eagles. So that's just something you know whether you agree with that or not, you need to factor that in. I happen to agree with that. So the Cowboys. Um, they're, they're, Dak Prescott is, is a very good player. They just kept their offensive coordinator, and they their coach improved. They had one of the worst coaches in the league last year, Jason Garrett. He actually just went to the Giants as an offensive coordinator. Um, and they had the Green Bay Packers' former coach, uh, Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy was let go from the Packers, and everyone was like, wow, he couldn't win with Rodgers and all this. And, and, and now it's starting to come out that maybe Rodgers was just really hard to work with. And and it's not even so much of Mike McCarthy being such a great coach for the Cowboys. It's the fact that he's he's replacing such a bad coach that even if he's just average, it's going to be such a jump. Okay. And another thing is is continuity. The Cowboys have continuity at quarterback. They have continuity on pretty much all their skill positions at, at um, on offense. They drafted C.D. Lamb, who's the best receiver in the draft, um, and they have continuity with the the, the play caller. And in, in this type of an offseason, continuity is going to pay off. Um, the Eagles are, are not necessarily bad. It's just it's more of the Cowboys making that jump. So an angle we can play here is looking at the schedules. The the Right now, the, the implied percentage, again, is the Cowboys have a 57% chance to win the um, division, and the Eagles have a 43% chance. But the Eagles actually have a really good start to the schedule. So really easy start to the schedule. So a potential thing, and if the odds get a little bit better, I might take a position on the Eagles preseason, and there's like a there's like a seventy percent chance that they start two and one or better. It's, you know, like 20 percent of the time, maybe even being three and zero. Oh. And the Cowboys actually have a tough start to the schedule. 
So taking a position on the Eagles at the beginning of the year and then around week two or week three, then taking an even larger position on the Cowboys. And then no matter who wins, you turn a, a small profit. Um, so that's the type of angles we can look at with um, these type of, of two horse races. And that's really what this is, is a two horse race. Um, so that's just, you know, you really identify that. And, and I'm actually really high on the Cowboys this year. That's a phrase I, I don't like to say that loud. Uh, but I, I have an MVP bet on Dak Prescott. Um, I think 18 to one I made earlier in the summer. I think it's around 12 to one most places now. Um, but yes, uh, this is a two horse race with the Cowboys and Eagles. Uh, I think both teams could, could, um, make or should make the playoffs. And I could see both teams making it to the Super Bowl if the stars align. Uh, but I do think the Cowboys have a higher upside than the Eagles, um, which like I said, is a, is a bitter pill to swallow. Uh, let's go ahead and move to the NFC North, Rob. We have the Bears, Vikings, Packers, and Lions. All right. And feel free to join in before we switch uh, divisions. If there's anything that you know you want to harp on or want me to explain more or anything in between divisions, uh, you ready to go to the NFC North though? Let's do it. All right. Um, so we have uh, another interesting ch- uh, division here, and, and I'll just read the prices and then see what Rob takes out from it. So we have uh, the Packers, who had a 44% chance. Uh, this is all in April, so they had a 44% chance to win the division. Uh, Minnesota had a 33% chance. The Bears had a 21.5% chance, and the Lions had a 12.5% chance. Now, September 3rd, we have the Vikings with a 42% chance uh, to win the division. Uh, the Packers have a 33% chance to win the division. The Lions have a 17% chance to win the division. And the Bears have a just under a fifteen percent chance to win the division. And this is all implied based on their odds. Mm-hmm. What, what do you see? What do you think? What do you wonder, Rob, about the NFC North? Hmm. Um, it looks like almost every team jumped more than they did in the NFC East. So, like more volatility, more changes. There's no one under ten percent implied either in April or now. So like a good bit more, um, good bit more parity. Like the lowest as it stands today is the Bears, like just under fifteen percent. That's not that's not a small percentage. Um, and then it looks like the the big jump between uh, the Vikings and Packers. Packers got got punished for news over the summer, and and Vikings got rewarded pretty heavily, almost one to one there. So Vikings jumped. 9.3% in implied percentage and, and Packers lost 10.5%. Do you, do you notice any other team jump? Yeah. Yeah. The, the Lions jumped from, from 12 to 17 and then the bears fell 21 to 15. Yeah. And, and you did a great job at, uh, illustrating that it's pretty much one for one on both of those things. So, um, the difference in percentage, implied percentage from the Packers. So in April, they were 44%, and they're just right around 10% lower now at 33%, whereas the Vikings went from 33% up to 42%. Uh, and pretty much almost one for one as well is the Lions went from 12.5% to 17 uh, just under 18%, whereas the Bears were about 215 uh, and they've dropped down to just below 15%. So yeah, those are some changes. But and another good part you mentioned is the parity, right? Uh, the Bears, a fifteen percent chance. I mean that that happens. You know that happens almost one out of five times. Uh, so this is a true race. 
Um, the way I see it in this division is um, the Vikings are the rightful favorites. The Packers were 13 and three last year, but if you look at how many points they scored and how many um, points they gave up, which is called a Pythagorean record, so not their actual record, but if you just take a simple, and this is painfully simple at times, but it's actually more accurate than the real record, the Pythagorean difference from the amount of points scored and points allowed, they should have had about a 10 win season last year. Um, so that's just another exercise to, to try to identify. Cause at the end of the day in football, all you're trying to do is either score points or, or, and not let up points. So, um, that actually tends to be a better predictor. Also with the Packers, they had a terrible draft. They drafted a backup quarterback for Aaron Rodgers, even though they have like no wide receivers and there was plenty of receivers available. Um, the Vikings, they made some moves. Um, they just traded for a defensive end from Jacksonville. Um, but the Lions have gained a lot of steam. And I, I think the Lions here, a, a good way to attack this uh, would be to the Lions to make the playoffs is, is a good price. I'll tweet this price out when I find it. But this is the bet I'm looking to make. It's the Lions to make the playoffs. I'm willing to bet that the Lions will will not be in last place and will, face, or will most likely be ahead of the Vikings or the Packers. I think the Lions will have, you know, there's a, right now, um, they have a 17% chance to win the division, whereas the Packers have a 33% chance. I think those numbers should be a lot closer. I think it should be um, the Packers probably at like a, a 28%, and whereas the Lions should be like a 22, 23%. Um, so the, the the pecking order actually should be even closer together than it already is. Um, so the Lions are a team I kind of like there if they get hot, if Stafford stays healthy. Um, but Overall, the big thing from the NFC North is I don't see any of these teams going to the Super Bowl. If I had to pick one, I'd pick the Vikings. Um, but but you know this, this is the weakest division in the NFC. Um, but the, the biggest thing is is the Packers. They're a bit of a fraud last year, and I, I would be surprised if they make the playoffs. I might also look at the Packers missing the playoffs this year if I get a good enough price. Um, let's move to the NFC South um, with your Saints there, Rob. Um, anything before we get into your, uh, New Orleans, beloved New Orleans Saints? No, let's check them. Um, so in the, in the South here, it's a, it's another two horse race. We have the Saints, uh, in April were about 56% to win the division. Uh, the, I have Panthers listed there, but it should be the Buccaneers. Um, Tampa has a 38% chance to win the division and Carolina has a, five percent chance and the falcons have a ten uh, percent chance in april um and then now on september 3rd not too much change but the saints have now slightly down to a 52 percent chance um the falcons up slightly to a 13 and a half percent chance tampa down slightly to a 36 and a half percent chance and the panthers down slightly to a uh four and a half percent uh, chance. What do you notice? What do you wonder about what you see here, Rob? This seems like of what we've seen so far, clearly the the fewest amount of moves happening and the fewest magnitude of moves. So like Tampa and Carolina are within 1% of where they were before. So like those had have barely moved, which I think is interesting. Maybe just a lack of information or lack of news mm-hmm. or lack of changes or whatever. Um, and then Saints, this is the first, um, well, no, it's not the first. 
um, over 50% is, is pretty strong. They're at 56 and a half. Now they're at 52 and a half ish. It dropped a little bit, but not all that much. Uh, so it's like the Saints odds are, are similar to the combined odds of uh, Atlanta and Tampa together. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Yeah. The biggest thing here is, is the Buccaneers. So the, the, the first set of odds I gave you, that was all from April. And that was all after Tom Brady signed with the Buccaneers. Um, Rob Gronkowski signed with the Buccaneers. Like all, all that moved in. So um, it would really be interesting to see, like in February, like right after the Super Bowl, how these change. And you would see a lot more flux. So most of the change actually happened before that because Tom, this is factoring in already Tom Brady being a part of this, things of this nature. Um, but yeah, you kind of identified it. Uh, it's it's pretty much a two horse race. Um, the Falcons are kind of stuck in 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 the mud. Um, they have just a n- decent enough offense. A g- they have a good enough offense that's going to win, you know, win them six, seven, probably maybe a max of eight games, but their defense is just so piss poor that they're, they're not, they can't really win more than nine games. Um, they would need a lot to go their way. Carolina is, I really like what Carolina is doing. They, they're pretty much not contending this year. They cut all their veterans. Um, they drafted, they only drafted defensive players. So like they have the youngest starting defense on week one and maybe the last decade plus, I think. Um, but they, they're not playing for this year. That being said, they have a mindfulness in how they're building where they're going to compete. So it's not necessarily, it's a, it's a team that's going to get better throughout the year. They're never going to be a juggernaut, but also like week 13, week 14, you're not going to be excited to play them because it's you know, a bunch of young guys competing for roster spots. So they'll steal a game against a team that overlooks them. Um, I know that's a lot very narrative based, but um, I just, I, I've watched this all long enough to, I'd be shocked if it didn't. Uh, and, and Matt rules a, a really good turnaround coach. He was a, a turnaround coach at temple and at Baylor. Um, and, and I think he's going to have a lot of success in the NFL. If given enough time, doesn't mean they're making the playoffs they're, you know, that it, it's a two horse race pretty much here with the saints and, and the bucks. I really think the saints here, um, you know, especially the Bucks get out to a hot start. They're going to be media darlings with um, with uh, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, things of that nature. But if you think about how the Saints have lo- ended their season in the last three years, uh, you had the Minnesota Miracle with Stefan Diggs on that. You know that, that I don't know if you remember that, but the, pretty much a miraculous touchdown to get eliminated by the Vikings. Um, and then two years ago, they just got, I had so much money, not so much, I had a significant amount of money on them to win the NFC and they, the Rams tackled the guy, the pass interference call, and they didn't call it, uh, caused them to lose that game. And then last year, Minnesota had a put a very questionable push off, um, that they got in the end zone on the game winning, um, catch there. So really the fact that the saints haven't won a super bowl in the last three years, let alone even made it to the super bowl in the last three years is really affecting people's judgment. Um, their window is closing. There's no doubt their window is closing. But this is still the class of the NFC. I know they didn't go to the Super Bowl lot, you know, recently, but that was just randomness. Um, this is still a, a, a team going all in, tons of talent, both sides of the ball. And this is, I think, the best team in the NFC. Uh, Tampa has a lot of question marks. Um I, I can see a scenario where Tom Brady has nothing left in the tank. I can see a scenario where Tom Brady um, is just enough of a game manager to, to give Tampa what they need. They got Bruce Arians, who's a good coach, but they can go a lot of different ways. Um, so, yeah, that's how I see the NFC uh, South. If I was forced to make a bet, bet here, I don't have any bets. Um, I, would, I would look at the Saints, but I think in season you'll get a better price. 
So instead of just getting an under doubling your money, you might get a, a better odds. Maybe if the, the Bucks get out to a hot start, things of that nature. Uh, but let's go move it out west, Rob, if you're ready uh, to take the NFC West. Let's do it. All right. So we have here with the reigning NFC champions, the San Francisco 49ers, have it, back in April had a 44% chance uh, winning the division. The Seattle Seahawks had a 33% chance. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams, Rob's favorite team, the 23.5% chance. And the Arizona Cardinals with just over a 10% chance to win. This was back in April. Fast forward now to September. We have the Niners still at a 44% chance. Um, then the Seahawks have moved up slightly, about 3%, to uh, 36.5%. The Rams have fallen to 17.5%. And the Cards are pretty much holding steady. Um, really an incremental move up about half a percent uh, to just under 11% chance. What do you see? What do you notice? What do you wonder about the NFC West, Rob? Uh, like the South, it looks pretty tight. Not a lot of big movers. Uh, 49ers unchanged. I think that's interesting. I don't, I don't think there's any others on this on this sheet that are that are truly like the odds didn't change one bit. Um, a positive 125 for them. That's interesting because I, I guess for reigning uh, – Super Bowl appearance, you really get like a bid for certainty there. Um, another place with decent parity. I mean, that the Cardinals not being over ten percent, I guess, feels a little surprising. I would have thought they were they were lower, but there. I remember you were high on a couple players for them for fantasy last year. Um, but it looks like the Rams got punished. If anything happened from April to now, the the Rams got punished for. Uh, for something, for some sin. Excellent. Um, yeah, so first and foremost, this is the best uh, division in the NFC, and it has an argument of being the best division in football. Um, the Niners and Seahawks are true Super Bowl contenders. Um, the Niners pretty much have everything but a quarterback. The Seahawks have the quarterback in Russell Wilson. Um, these are two serious, serious teams. Uh, I actually see this being more of a two-horse race. Than, than the odds imply. I am really down on the Rams. Uh, you identify that they're down about 6% implied percentage. Uh, I'm going to have a significant bet on the Rams under this year, about eight and a half wins. Um, they they have about $30 million in dead cap. So that's, that's people they're paying that are not on the team. Todd Gurley, um, Brandon Cooks in, in Houston. Uh, they, they had no first round pick. They also traded... Uh, several first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey, who I don't know if you know too much about him, Rob, but he is a very, very uh, – I mean, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, but he's also a huge drama queen. Uh, he's got impending free agent. They traded two free agents for him and haven't signed him to a long-term deal. So just handing him all this leverage, I could very easily see this this um, team spiraling midseason. Uh, they do have Aaron Donald, who's one of the best players defensive tackle. There's no doubt about that. But this team has very little depth. They trade away their draft picks. I can see them crumbling midseason. Um, so I, I am going to have a significant uh, bet on the Rams under uh, season wins. I actually really like the Cardinals. I just think they're a year away. Um, they added DeAndre Hopkins from the Texans. Uh, but at the end of the day, Cliff Kingsbury never really had success in the Big 12. Uh, this is his second year in the NFL, and talent-wise, they just don't have the depth to compete in this division. Now, if they're in the NFC North, I think they could very easily win that division. They could very easily um, you know, make the playoffs. I just think, all things considered, uh, they're a year away, 
And so it, it's more, it, it's less about them, me not liking them. It's more just about they're in a really tough division. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it just seems a year away. It's, it's not a team you're going to want to play. They're, they're a good team. Uh, so I'm not probably going to take a, I might, may take a position on them under just because they have gotten a lot of, uh, you know, buzz and, and deservedly so. I mean, their offense is really interesting and, and dynamic and fun to watch. And Kyler Murray is, is a stud, but they're just, a, they're just a year away from competing. Um, so I, I might have an underplay on them, but I will have an underplay on the Rams. Um, that's pretty much my biggest conviction of the whole season. I mean, in, in a season with so little to be convict, you know, have conviction about, uh, that's my biggest conviction is, uh, an under on the Rams. So, um, that'll definitely be in the preview and, and, and I'll have a, a nice bet on that. Um, but yeah, anything on the NFC, I, I kind of, any comments you had, I, I kind of want to put a bow on the NFC and, and before we move to the, uh, the AFC. <clears throat> Yeah, quick kind of logistical question. How much of the season, I don't know if it's different this year for COVID shit, is played against in-division teams? How much do you compete against your own division? Right, so um, that is the same. So they, they haven't done like a baseball thing. That's a really good question. But they've actually built a schedule where weeks one and two, you play your division. Uh, or you at least have one division game weeks one and two. And then the other game is versus a team that has a bye later in the schedule. And then weeks three and four are against teams that are not in your division. Now, the way you, and that's like never happened before. So the way people have inferred this is saying that if the NFL needs to, they can cancel the first four weeks, right? If something like week one, there's an outbreak, they can cancel the next three weeks. Push one of those games to the bye week, the shared bye weeks, which happened weeks five through, I think, like 13. And then the two division games can get like rescheduled at the end of the year or something of that nature. So they do have a contingency plan with that, but they're going with it as a normal schedule, which is where you play uh, you play six division games, uh, and then you play three out of conference games, and then you play the rest within your own conference, but a different division. So um, that's a really good question. We love to look at that. The biggest change this year in the NFL is they've actually added a playoff spot. So it actually makes those futures bets uh, like to win the Super Bowl even harder because unless you get the number one seed, you don't get a buy. And they're not really factoring into the prices yet. So I have I, stayed away from any of those type of futures bets. Uh, and that's why I like those division bets because it's, okay, there's only four teams that, that can win it. Um, so that's a, that's a really good point before we move to the AFC. Uh, overarching theme about the NFC is I think we have teams that can make it to the Super Bowl are Eagles, Cowboys, um, maybe Vikings, Saints, Bucks, uh, Seahawks, Niners. I think those are the realistic teams that can make it to the Super Bowl. Everyone else is just kind of they just don't have it. And um, yeah, you can quote me on that. All right, you ready for some AFC, Rob? I know you love the AFC. Let's go AFC, dude. Designated hitter. <laughs> uh, breaking news: I just got this text. Uh, Cam Newton officially the starting quarterback for the the. Uh, New England Patriots. So in April, their uh, implied odds to win the AFC were 48.5%. Uh, the Bills were 45.5%. The Jets were just under 10%. And the Dolphins were pretty much identical, uh, just being just above 8% uh, to win the division. Fast forward to September 3rd, we have a change. The Bills are at 51%. Uh, the Pat- Patriots are down to 40%. And the Dolphins are 
over 8%. They've actually held steady, but the Jets have fallen to seven, just above 7.5%. What do you see? What do you notice? What do you wonder about the AFC East there, Rob? Two-horse race. Um, summer news has punished the Pats pretty heavily. It looks like as heavily as anyone has been punished in the entire AFC, down 7.5% from where they were um, in April. And then the Bills with some hot, positive momentum. They look as much improved in terms of odds as anyone in the AFC. So that flip-flop, uh, not just like a little flip-flop, but a pretty dramatic jump where the, the Bills are now uh, a shade over 50% to make this happen. Yeah, yeah, very good. So the reason for that is the Patriots by far had the most teams opt out. It's probably because they have smart football players. I don't know. Insert your own joke here. Uh, but the real joke is, is I bet the Patriots over nine as soon as the Cam Newton was signed, thinking I had a great line, which I did, and then five starting defensive players for the Patriots opted out. So jokes on me. Uh, and and <laughs> but that's the reason for the, for the uh, the decline in price. Uh, I'm still comfortable with my bet. I mean, it, it's not you know I, I could get a better price right now, but I have a heavy enough exposure where I'm comfortable with. Um, but you know, the Patriots are the Patriots. Until they get dethroned, and that's kind of how I feel about the Redskins. It's like the, the Redskins are a joke organization until they prove to me they're not, and the Patriots are, uh, you know, an elite organization until they prove to me that they're, they're not. So uh, that, that's my feeling to the Patriots. The Bills jump is just more of uh, someone had to benefit, and because it is kind of a two horse race, they were the ones to benefit. Now the Bills have a good coach; they have, you know, decent, um, you know, team overall. They traded for Stephon Diggs, their first round pick, and some other picks for that. Um, they're, they're a solid team, they're, but at the end of the day, uh, I, I'm still willing to bet on the Patriots a little bit more, you know, until they prove me that they're not. And they're, they're not going to win a Super Bowl this year. They're not, unless Cam just absolutely beasts, which he could, and there's a possibility for that. Um, but it, it, it's 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 pretty much the Patriots story is they're going to be a professional football team. Their their ceiling is is contingent to Cam Newton. If he is a if he returns to his former self, then yeah, they they could do it. Um, if he's a shell of himself, then they're probably not winning more than seven or eight games. Um, so that's pretty much the Patriots story, but they're not going to be some pushover. Uh, one note about this, uh, a bet. So I had that bet. A bet you can make right now is the jets under, uh, I think most places about six and a half. The jets just traded with the Seahawks, their star safety, Jamal Adams. They traded him to the Seahawks and they, all they got was future assets. They, I think they got a, a safety from the, the Seahawks. And that's why you saw the Seahawks. And I forgot to mention that. That's why you saw the Seahawks in the NFC West jump up a little bit. Um, they, Jamal Adams is a stud safety. Um, he was due to be a free agent in a couple of years. The Jets didn't want him. They, they were smart. They traded him. They get future assets. The problem is, is the Jets are not, the, the Jets are not that bad of a team. They have a terrible coach. Adam Gase is a terrible, terrible coach. Um, last year he took over after they signed Le'Veon Bell and essentially said, I don't even want Le'Veon Bell. So guess what? Le'Veon Bell had a terrible year last year. I actually made a lot of money betting on his under rushing yards. Um, and it's just, you know, it's, it's not ideal scenario um, for this. He's going to lose the locker room. He's pretty much already lost the locker room. And midseason, um, the, the whole locker room is going to shut down on him. Uh, I actually think long term it's a good strategy in terms of tanking, you know, getting future assets. But in terms of this year, just 2020, 
in a nutshell, um, the team's going to quit on him mid-year, and I would be shocked if they if they didn't. So this isn't like you know on paper this is not a this is not a five or four win team. This is just you know I have so much experience with the Redskins, seeing just just um, cancerous type organizations, and this is what the Jets are, are going to leave themselves up to. If they go out and they win seven or eight games, I, you know, hey, good for them. Take my money. That's fine. But more times than not, th- this is this is uh, this is you know. Easy money, if you will, and uh, yes, I, I use the term easy money. I, I really this in the Rams bet. I, I have a lot of conviction on, um, so so I like that. Conversely, the Dolphins are a team that that pretty much the Jets are trying to emulate. They're pretty much two years ahead of it. The Dolphins kind of first team to really embrace tanking, and last year they won, I believe, five games with a team that was clearly the worst team in the NFL. But they had so many guys who were competing for jobs, they kept playing hard. So essentially. The, their place in the marketplace was so devalued after September because they looked so bad that um, they they were underrated. I mean, they were bad. They they weren't favored. They shouldn't have been favored, but they were actually um, underrated. They weren't as bad as they appeared, and their coach really uh, got them playing hard and competing. So that's a team. The Dolphins are, are, are not a team that's going to win a Super Bowl this year, but that that's a team that – um, you know, they're probably a good bet at 11 to one right now to win the division just based on an 8% chance. I can see a world where, you know, Cam Newton is a shell of himself. Um, uh, you know, maybe the bills quarterback, Josh Allen gets hurt and they make a run for it. Um, so the dolphins, you know, maybe keep an eye on week one, week two, if this team looks like they're doing stuff, uh, they're well run. Uh, they have a lot of young, hungry guys competing for, for, for jobs. I could see them making a run. Um, so, so it, it, it is a two horse race for now, but I could see it becoming a three horse race if the dolphins, um, you know, th- if they're a year ahead of schedule right now, they're planning to compete next year and, and for the foreseeable future, they were kind of waiting for the Patriots dynasty to end and the Patriots dynasty is almost over. So, uh, but they could easily be a year ahead of schedule. Something, something we'll keep an eye on. Uh, does that make sense, Rob? Does that explain the, uh, the Patriots change? It does. I also think it's interesting that you have a lot of conviction on the the delta between Dolphins and Jets because the market today thinks those are nearly equal chances in this division. Um, I think you explained it well as as to why you think that's that, but kind of an interesting piece there. Yeah, yeah. And and it's only because I have conviction because you're exactly right. The market is telling me something and I respect the market, but but I've identified it and I'm aware on it. And, and this is a hill I'll die on. You know, this is a hill that if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I, so I understand why they're priced similarly right now because, you know, hey, week one, if they were to play each other week one, they probably would be, you know, a 50-50 coin flip. But I'm looking towards week 10, week 11 when you got veterans on the Jets who who have quit on the coach who's terrible and, and things of that nature. So, yep, yep, that's a, that's a good point. And I'm glad you uh, you brought that up. All right, let's move over to the AFC North. Uh, I actually think this could be the best division in football. Um, I think easily the best team in football could be the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, back in April, they were a 70% chance to win the division. Uh, the Steelers were a 20% chance to win the division, and the Browns were a 15% chance to win the division, whereas the Bengals rounded up the, the division with a 4% chance. Not much has changed uh, here in September. Uh, the Ravens down slightly. They're a 68% chance to win the division. Um, the Steelers are a 21% chance to win the division, just slightly up, and the Browns just slightly down are um, still at a 15% chance to win the division, whereas the Bengals have just a very, very slight bump up to 4.5% to win the division. What do you see? What do you notice? What do you wonder about this division? 
of what we've seen so far, biggest biggest numbers, biggest favorite um, in the Ravens. And then it looks like second place here might, might be a race, Browns-Steelers. Um, also low turnover, but not a lot of change, not a lot of volatility with any teams here between between April and now. Um, but this is the, at least of what we talked about, the place where the the lead horse is out to the biggest lead, and that's the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. So far in the AFC, this is, you know, the, the biggest stranglehold uh, and in really any division we've seen so far. And that's because the Ravens are damn good. Um, they're, they're just they're a, a top notch organization. They're a great team. And of course, you know, my, my family, uh, you know, they taught me to be Redskins fans instead of fucking Ravens fans. So that, that's great. Um, but whatever. Um, yeah, they're, they're a top notch team. But looking at the next two teams, the Steelers. The Steelers are kind of an easy team because it really comes down to their quarterback. If Ben Roethlisberger is healthy, that's I'll be on them uh, at nearly four to one to win the division. They're, they have a top-notch defense. If Big Ben is healthy, he missed all of last year. They have weapons on offense. They're a great organization as well. That's a that's a horse I'll bet on at around four to one. Uh, but if he's not healthy, then they don't have a chance. Just the quarterback position is too important in football, and um, their current backups just they're not it. Last year, they had some of the the most horrid quarterback play I've ever seen in professional football, and and they still um, nearly made the playoffs. That's how good their defense is. Um, the Browns, on the other hand, the Browns last year were like co favorites to win this division. Then they had a uh, they just shit the bed. They had all these expectations, and they're just kind of one of those things. Like we talk about the Patriots, where it's like they they are. Until they prove to us they're not who they are, that's who they are. And that's who the Browns should have been viewed last year. And the Browns have been a terrible organization for 20-plus years, and everyone was just giving them all this credit like they were going to you know, figure it all out. And they, they on, on the paper, you know, they had a, a good roster. The problem was they had a terrible coach. And our mutual friend who works in the, in the NFL, he, he was out here with, I think, week two. His team was playing the Ravens, and he was out here. And he told me their ex-coach, um, they only had him for one year. He told me how terrible he was because he, I, I believe, used to be on the, the staff with him. And he was totally right. Freddie Kitchens is a fucking terrible coach. Um, and that was why they were so bad last year. So they have uh, Stefanski coming in from Minnesota, who's a pretty – he's a, he's a great coordinator, and you never know how that's going to translate. But this is very similar to Dallas where it's like it's more about how bad their last coach was than however good this new coach might be. You know, if this coach is average, it's an upgrade. If this coach is good to great, that's a huge jump. So the Browns could very easily be in it uh, as well. I think those three teams could all somehow make it to deep in, in the, uh, the playoffs and, and find, you know, a perfect scenario making to the Super Bowl. Maybe not the Browns, but the Steelers and Ravens. I mean, the Ravens are uh, maybe the best team in football. And if Big Ben's healthy, the Steelers could very easily win it all. Now, lowly Bengals in Cincinnati there, they they are down there. They don't have much of a shot here, but this is not going to be a bad team. I mean, they have tons of upside with Joe Burrow. They have a great defense, or excuse me, they have a great um, offensive weaponry. They spent money in the offseason. This is a team that's going to get better as the year goes on, and it's a team that you're not going to want to play mid-year. The problem is they're just in such a good division, they really don't have a chance. Um, but that the Bengals are going to surprise some people this year. They're going to win some games in November and December that people are going to be shocked about. Um, so it'll be fun to watch. Uh, as far as bets, like I said, look for the Steelers early. If Big Ben looks healthy, I think that's a good bet, not only for them to win a division, but potentially to win the AFC. 
Um, moving to the AFC South, is there anything you want to uh, mention before we get to the, the Dirty South? Nah, hit it. All right. The Indianapolis Colts are back in April. They were about a 44% uh, favorite to win the division. The Titans right behind them at 40%. The Texans down at 22%. And the Jaguars at right around 5%. Fast forward to September 3rd, not much has changed. Colts are just inched up to a 45% chance. Titans down to a 38% chance. Uh, Texans down to a 20.5% chance. And the Jaguars still hovering around a 44% chance. What do you notice? What do you wonder? What do you think, Rob? Another tight spread. Not a lot has changed since April here. Uh, An interesting setup with two teams implied over, well, not anymore. The the Titans are now scooting scooted just under 40%, but two teams close to 40% while still having another one at 20. Um, so three horse race is fair to say here. Jags look like the clear laggard. Um, this just makes me think of the Colts a favored to win the division despite a franchise quarterback retiring out of the blue. What was that last year? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's impressive. Yeah, absolutely, and that and that's really where what this comes down to. So this time last year, the Colts were the favorite to win the division. Abruptly, a week before the season, their franchise quarterback retires. Last year, they they have an underwhelming year. But thinking about that, I mean, how many franchises are going to have a decent year? Um, you know, w- when this kind of unexpectedly happens, right? You just lose your franchise quarterback. They've got a great coach. They just brought in Philip Rivers, who is probably a, a somewhat shell of himself, but he's not terrible. And now they have Jacoby Brissett, who was their starter last year. He's their backup. Uh, they also made some trades. Uh, they traded for DeForest Buckner from the 49ers. They traded their first-round pick for him. They had two second-round picks. Um, they got Jonathan Taylor, the running back. Obviously, you probably shouldn't take a running back that early, but still, he's a good running back. And then they added another good receiver, uh, Michael Pittman, uh, who's going to pair with Paris Campbell and T.Y. T- Hilton to have a great three-man offense uh, wide receiver core. They have a great offensive line. I really like the Colts this year. And it's not just because they have a good team. Their defense isn't that great. It's because they have the easiest schedule in the NFL. Um, the Titans being second there, they have they have a, a decent team, a good team, but they also overwhelmed in the playoffs last year. They lost a, one of the funniest NFL – I mean, they, they won one of the funniest N- uh, playoff games I've ever seen, uh, being the Ravens, even though they were outgained by like 200-plus yards. Um, and they just, they just have that tight range of outcomes. They're, they're such a run heavy team that they just don't have access to a ceiling that's going to allow them to go to a Super Bowl. Now they were a game away from me, uh, winning the Super Bowl last year. I or making it to the Super Bowl last year, but that was like their 95th, 96th percentile outcome. Um, they, they really overachieved last year. Um, I, I really like the Colts. I have a futures bet on them. I got a little bit better price. It's out right now. Um, about plus 150 right now you're seeing about plus 120 for them to win the division i also like colts to make the playoffs um i don't like the texans this year i don't like bill o'brien i had the unders on them last year and under bet on them last year they actually exceeded it um but so you know jokes on me but they their win total last year i think was nine or eight and a half now this year it's like seven and a half um they're clearly going in the wrong direction and um, the Jaguars are tanking. They're open about tanking. It's actually the right decision. They might move to London. I don't know. Jacksonville, London, you pick. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're a non-factor. But I think they may be one of those teams where they come out so poorly in the beginning of the year that 
everyone looks to just bet against them. And then they bring in so many health or young guys competing to be professionals that, um, you know, they might steal some games there. Um, so definitely a team to, to keep your eye on as we go week to week. All right, Rob, one more division to go, you know, anything, uh, before we do the AFC West, the, uh, sneaky late game winners have, have shifted from Miami to Jacksonville. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, so the AFC West here with the Kansas City Chiefs in April, they were an 84% chance to win the division. Um, the Chargers were a 10.5% chance. The Broncos just under a 10% at 95 And the Raiders in beautiful Las Vegas at uh, 7%. Now, fast forward to September, um, the Chiefs are up about half a percentage at eight, uh, 84.5%. The Chargers are down to 7%. The Broncos holding steady at just over 9%. And the Raiders uh, bumped up just a half a percent, almost to 8%. What do you see? What do you notice? What do you wonder? We're ending with the weirdest one we've seen so far. This is extraordinarily lopsided. 84, the, the Chiefs were at 84% in April, and they went up. So that bet was not high enough. That's... Uh, <laughs> That seems yeah. a little ridiculous. There's no such thing as locks, but goddamn, the market really, really, really likes them. And then everyone else, I mean, just by kind of percentages of crowding, uh, is under 10% for the rest of these. Yes. This, this seems like a kind of a silly division that might, I don't know. Um, it doesn't look that interesting from the outset. It looks like everyone's expectations are really, really set about what's going down in the old AFC West. Yeah, yeah, and you pretty much hit the nail on the head. If you guys are listening, you want a hashtag secret. The Chiefs are good. Okay, tell a friend. You, you heard it here first. Jay and Silent Rob, Patrick Mahomes, decent at football. Decent <laughs> at football. Yeah, no, the Chiefs. They, they're great. It's it's either they or the Ravens, uh, best team in football. Um, I'm gonna give the slight edge to the Chiefs just because Patrick Mahomes is a cheat code, and um, it's just a more um, his skill set is more in inclined or in, in tune with how the NFL is going, if that makes sense, because he's such a dynamic passer. Whereas uh, Lamar Jackson with the Ravens is, is a good passer, you know, but his, his specialty is running the ball and just the way the game is designed and, and the, uh, you know, the rules and whatnot, it just favors passing so much. Um, but yeah, the, the, those two, they're on a different tier, the chiefs and the Ravens. Um, they're just clearly the two best teams in, in football. The difference is the the Ravens are in a in a great division, and the, and the Chiefs are in a terrible division. The only team that maybe had like if the stars aligned chance was the Chargers, um, but they just lost their best player. Yeah, funny thing. I was at a birthday party this Saturday. Um, I bet a good friend that the Chargers were going to have a better record than the Raiders. Um, Sunday, their best player uh, is out for the season, gets like a torn meniscus for the Chargers. So. <laughs> Luckily, it was only $20. Luckily, it's, it's a good friend. I don't mind if that were to happen. Um, but, yeah, I, I just just quickly on the other teams, um, you know, if the Chiefs get off to a slow start somehow, you can get a discount on them. Um, yeah, you want to be supporting the Chiefs. Uh, at this price, it's kind of like you're, you're paying, you know, you're paying a tax for it. It's not, it's not a positive expected value, but it's also fun to have a ticket with Patrick Mahomes, you know. It's like mm-hmm. it's just – you know, we're doing this for fun. Most of us here, like, just, just, you know, enjoy the ride. Uh, that's totally, that's totally okay to do. It's, you know, that, that's fine. Well, just allow yourself to be happy. Um, but uh, the the Broncos, if Drew Locke somehow takes a step and and becomes a top ten quarterback, maybe that could happen. 
Vic Fangio is a good, good quarter um, coordinator. He's their head coach. Maybe he stay, you know, takes a step ahead. They kind of had some bad luck last year. I could maybe see that. The Raiders have no chance. Sorry, John Gruden is not a good coach. Derek Carr or Marcus Mariota are not good quarterbacks. Um, maybe if the Chargers, like Tyrod Taylor, somehow plays well at quarterback or Justin Herbert steps in and is somehow great. But, yeah, I, I, I don't really like – after Derwin James, the star player for the Chargers, got hurt with – you know, it, it's just hard to like any of these other teams. Um, one bet, if I had to make, I would take the Raiders under. I'm going to Las Vegas this weekend. And I'll, I'll see. Maybe I'll get a hometown price. You know, everyone betting on the Raiders. I'll be on the other side, take the under. Um, you know, but other than that, I, that, that's really the only thing I like in this division. Um, yeah. How did you like that exercise, Rob? Did that was that fun? I know you're, you know, you're a finance guy. How did you like that? I liked it, dude. Finding some patterns. Um, I think it's good. I, I got a question for you though. Do, and I have no idea the answer to this. It's a genuine question. Did. Is the NFL conducive to back-to-back championship teams? So going back-to-back, does that happen? What's the pattern of that uh, happening? Um, I think the last back-to-back team might have been like the Cowboys. No, probably the Patriots did it. I'll type that in right now. Um, it, f- football is is the league, how it's set up, is conducive to parity. Um, so it's like whereas baseball doesn't have a, a salary cap, things of that nature, it's not, it's not parity-oriented. The NFL, uh, hard salary cap. Um, you know, draft picks, you know, MLB, you get a draft pick. The guy, first of all, half the time doesn't even make the, you know, number one pick doesn't even make the, this, the majors, let alone, it takes five years for him to make the the team. Whereas, uh, rookies are, are integral parts year in, year out. And a lot of them are undrafted rookies. So, so the most common player on an NFL team is an undrafted rookie. Mm-hmm. I think it's somewhere of like, 15 or 20% of a roster is an undrafted rookie. So there's so much turnover year to year. Um, it, it is parity oriented. So your question, no. Um, but the chiefs, if, if you had to pick one team, not name the Patriots in the last 15 years, it's probably they, I mean, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid are just a dynamic com, uh, combination. They have weaponry everywhere. Their defense is decent. And, and that's all you have to be in this NFL. It's just a decent defense. If you have an unbelievable offense, and uh, an unbelievable offense they have. I dig it. Yeah. All right. Before we wrap things up, I will be out in Las Vegas this weekend. I'm signing up for some uh, some NFL handicapping contests. Um, Circa Sports out in Las Vegas. Um, they open in in Vegas about two months after I moved out, but they they are like the most positive thing to happen uh, to. Uh, regulated sports betting in the United States. Unfortunately, regulated sports betting has um, brought a lot of greed and and kind of uh, misery to the the pro- professional or semi professional uh, better. But Circus Sports has been great. Um, they uh, accept big bets. They don't limit winners. Um, so they're putting on these contests out here. Just something to think about in future years if you ever want to be a part of a contest. Even though I live on the East Coast, I, I can fly out there. I get a proxy. I sign up with a proxy, and I, I just give them my picks. And sa- um, I think it's Saturday is the deadline. And they have two contests. One is a survivor, which is you just pick the team that doesn't lose. They just have to survive the week. And they're guaranteeing a million for that. And if you go perfect, they're guaranteeing another million uh, on top of that. And then they have uh, a... $3 million competition in prizes, I think guaranteed million to first place for, uh, you pick five teams against the, the spread every week. Um, and that's the competition, uh, in the past, 
So there's another sports book that's had this in the past. It's the Westgate. And the Westgate kind of used to be what Circa was. It was like every sports better's dream, but then it kind of got too commercialized. And now it's kind of, it's kind of, it's not what it used to be. Um, so yeah, Circa, I just want to give them a shout out. I'm really excited to sign up for them. They're guaranteeing money. So essentially I have positive expectation uh, of joining these contests because they're paying out more money than they're going to receive because they guaranteed this up in February back in February, I should say, and then COVID happened. And now it's hard to get people out there to sign up for them, but they're still honoring their agreement, um, which I have a lot of respect for. I love what they're doing for the industry. So I just wanted to give them a shout out. They're opening a new casino uh, in downtown Vegas, which is, you know, they're, they're trying to help gentrify and, and there hasn't been a, a beautiful building built there in a long time that, and they're kind of doing that. Um, so yeah, if you're ever in Vegas, you like sports betting, um, look up Circa Sports. They're doing an awesome job. Um, so yeah, just wanted to give the shout out to them. Uh, Rob, anything you want to say before we, uh, we let everyone go? No, no, this was a good app. I like the format. Um, bet at your own risk boys and, uh, good watching the old, the old NFL. Yeah. So, uh, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Jswas sports. Uh, I'll have, um, fantasy rankings, tiers for the rankings, uh, any bets I make while I'm out in Vegas, while I'm too drunk, while I'm sober, all those things, they'll be posted. Uh, but yeah, everything else, uh, next week we get ready for week one, Rob. I can, and you're just so excited, aren't you? <laughs> Dude, teeming. Teeming with excitement. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. Peace.